Friends, have you ever secretly wished that your house was cleaner or you didn't have as much clutter or chaos in your life, in your business, or maybe in your homeschooling? I get it. I have been there too. That is why we have professional organizer and your personal decluttering coach, Wendy Zanders, who also homeschools her kids. And she is going to tell us how to declutter our life, choose minimalist style homeschooling over the tears, and she's going to make you laugh all along the way. So I am excited to introduce you to my friend and fellow homeschool CEO, Wendy Zanders. Welcome to the Homeschool CEO Podcast, the podcast dedicated to entrepreneurs who want to successfully homeschool their kids while running a profitable business. In this podcast, we'll reveal the truth of what it really looks like behind the scenes of an entrepreneur who homeschools and how to make it all work. If you're an entrepreneur who currently homeschools or you want to start, you are in the right place, my friend. With 16 years experience combining entrepreneurship with homeschooling, I'm your host, Jen Myers, and this is the Homeschool CEO Podcast. All right, welcome back to another episode of the Homeschool CEO. You guys, I am so glad for today's guest. I know I say that every week, but our guests are so special. They are handpicked just for you. And this week, we are going to talk to somebody special. If you've ever looked at your house and thought, oh, all of this clutter and it drives you crazy, Wendy is who we need to talk to. So why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself to our audience today? Yes. Thank you so much for having me, Jennifer. Oh my gosh. I'm so excited to be on this podcast. Homeschooling is my jam with my kids. I am Wendy Zanders, your declutter coach. And I work with overwhelmed families as well as special needs families like myself. And what I do, I help them declutter their homes and their papers, whether in person here in the West Valley in Arizona or virtually all over the world. And we are also a homeschooling family. Uh, My son, he's almost 14. And my daughter, she's almost seven. So I would say seventh grade and first grade. Love it. And how long have you been homeschooling? This is your second year, correct? This is our second year. Yes. Wow. Okay. Here at the Homeschool CEO podcast, we talk about business and homeschooling because all of our audience has both facets. And I feel like so many other podcasts only deal with one thing or the other. So we are so special because we blend both because I love that. Yeah. But really as homeschooling entrepreneurs, we are both. They are both our identity, not one or the other. So let's first talk about how did you get started homeschooling? So one thing I didn't mention about my son, yes, he's almost 14 years old, but he is on a third grade level academically. A couple of years ago, my husband and I were working, we were working an hour and a half other direction from the kids' school. So that was very scary for me because whenever something was happening in the school, I would get called. I would be the one to run home to find out what was going on. Getting home late in the afternoons, three hours of homework. He's struggling in school. He's on Vyvanse medication um, and he's still not keeping up. He has a lot of holes in his, in his education. And it just got so frustrating where it was, we were gone all day, commuting three hours a day, getting home, doing three hours of home of um, homework and then dinner, bath, all these things. And I'm like, I'm getting about three hours a day with the family and it's not even quality time. It's trying to rush, 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 trying to keep up for the next day to keep them on task. And I got tired of 
helping him study to get the A, helping him study to keep up with the rest of the class. And I got tired of that. I'm like, why are we on this rat wheel in our working a nine to five and on a rat wheel in school as well? I don't want to teach my kids that. So I got really, really sick when I was working for the federal government and it turned out to be stress. I mean, I was having really bad chest pains. My hands and feet were really swollen. Thank God it was nothing, but I went to the VA hospital and they were doing all these tests. I was in the office with World War II veterans, checking the veins in my legs, making sure, you know, their circulation, trying to figure out, is it lupus? Is it it this? I was 38 years old at that time with World War II veterans in the clinic. I felt so old with old people problems. And I was like, something has got to change. Ultimately, we decided to move to a warmer area. So we were in Maryland. We moved out here to Arizona. And I said, you know what? If we are going to shake up our lives, we're going to shake it up all the way. And um, my daughter, I don't know what happened before we left, but we had a play date with a, a church family and they were homeschooling. And I don't know what that little girl told my daughter, but she was like, I'm going to be homeschooled. And I was like, she doesn't know what she's talking about. She's five. Wow. You know? And when we moved out here to Arizona, we were thinking about getting them enrolled in school. And my daughter was like, no, I'm going to be homeschooled. And she was the one I was like, hmm, maybe there's something to this. (laughs) And that's how we got started. I just really enjoyed. The first year was very, very scary. We spent a lot of money on curriculums and all these things. And it just got to the point where I was like, why are we homeschooling and feel like we're still doing seven hours of schoolwork? Because I was trying to imitate public school at home. And it just got to unschooling. I was like, what is that? And I love the minimalist homeschooling lifestyle. We really do. Oh, me too. So let's talk about that for a little bit, because especially because right now we're getting so many new listeners that as a result of the pandemic, never really thought that they would be homeschooling and they're feeling really overwhelmed because this is their first year. They were thrown into it. And I love that your daughter drove it because that is something I'm hearing more and more that the kids are driving the desire to homeschool, especially with entrepreneurs because they're seeing mom and dad make their own schedule. And they're saying, you know what, if you can, I can too. And parents are like, well, wait a minute. I don't know what to do with you. So let's go back and, you know, since, especially since this is only your second year. So that first year is still really fresh and I'm with you. I, yeah, I'm with the minimalist (laughs) now too, and have been for a long time, but I remember 16 years ago, collecting all the things. So tell me a little bit about what that was like, like what drove that collecting all the curriculum and what was the result of all of that? For me, when we first came here, I think like two or three weeks after we moved here, we were told about the homeschooling convention. I was like, okay, I got to go. I got to know all the things. I had my notebook and I was taking notes. I was serious. You would think I was taking college, homeschooling 101 in a college class or something like that. And we were collecting up all these things. And in private school back in Maryland, my kids did the Abeka curriculum. Mm -hmm. So I was like, okay, they're already used to that. That's what we're going to do. And then the boxes came. (laughs) It was the two curriculums were $1,500. And I was like, if this is what it takes, because I was like, I'm, I'm not sparing any expense. This is what I'm going to do for the kids, because this is the best, according to, you know, the conference. I was like, based on our decision, this is the best curriculum to give the kids that public school education at home. Yep. So I was so afraid of failing that I was like, give me a full curriculum 
I don't want to think about it. This is what I'm going to do. And then the boxes came. We unpacked everything. We started doing the lessons. I was like, four hours would go by. I was like, this is ridiculous. Three weeks after that, I realized this is not for us. There was tears. The same tears in public school came back because my son was watching a video of a class. So he's not really with individual classes, kids on Zoom. It was a class going on and there was a videotape and he was watching it. And I was like, and then the teacher would rattle off math facts, five times three, this, this, this. And the kids were like answering. And my son was like, ah, give me some time to process. Right. And I was like, this is not, for-. I was overwhelmed sitting next to him. And I was like, this isn't it. And I knew we had 30 days to return everything. And I was like, this is going back. It's going back. So my daughter was the one that drove us homeschooling. My son is what's driving the curriculums. Because he has ADHD on a third grade level, my thing is I want the curriculum to be as simple as possible. My daughter, she was five at that time. She's almost seven now. She doesn't care what she does. She just loves homeschooling. She loves science. So she's easy. But my son, it was more about trying to figure out how to make it work for him. And I was just so grateful that my son came to me and say, I'm overwhelmed. Wow. I don't know if he would have said that in public school. Right. You know, so I was just so grateful that he was able to say, Mom, this is too much. And for us to really reel it in and say, what is the basics that we need to do? And what we started doing is teaching life skills. So I said, I don't care if my son gets a D in math. If he gets the concept, we're moving on. So learning how to tell the time, I'm not going to quiz you on that. If you understand the concept, we're moving on. We're not doing long division. I said, I'm 38 years old now. I've never used long division. I've been out of high school. I have a calculator. I need to know what to put into the calculator, but I don't need to know all those things. So why have all the tiers and tests and all these things when it's just learn the concepts and move on? So for us, we do life skill. We teach ratio for math. We double the recipe and make a pancake or we do something like that so he can see. We're visual learners. So why put our heads in a book? When we could just go out in nature, I say the world is our classroom. Oh, okay. First of all, I want to tell you that is so powerful and great job to you as a mom and to your son to be able to pivot so quickly because I talk to so many entrepreneurs. Okay. First of all, I feel like as entrepreneurs, we're more maybe we have that tendency towards the shiny object syndrome and that course collecting oh, yeah. <laughs> syndrome. You know, we just do and we own it. Man, in homeschool CEO, yes. if you, that's one of the things you know you found your tribe when you're like, yeah, I own a few, um, you know, digital dust collectors. <laughs> yes. So, you know, I think we have propensity towards something like that. We just do. And I don't know if it is our our nature to learn or our nature to succeed, that we want to have all of the tools in our toolbox. But I see so many times where entrepreneurs will be like, no, I spent $1,500 on this curriculum and we're going to keep crying our way through it because they look at it as perseverance. I'm like, no, 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 no. If it is not working, let's stop. We're entrepreneurs. Let it go and pivot. That is one of the things we're so good at. And I love how you were able to take that and how your son was able to self-advocate like that alone. Yes. That blows my mind. Like that's a miracle. And that you were able to receive it. Both of it. Exactly. 
you know, when we were um, when we were back in Maryland and we were doing the IEPs and having those meetings and things like that, when I went to those IEP meetings, I would sit there and the teachers would tell me what his assessments were. Right. It got to the point where I was like, no, as I was writing my book, I said, I have to teach my kid to be an advocate. I have to be an advocate for myself as well. So the next time I went back, I had his binder, I had his assessment. So when they told me what his assessment was, I'm like, wait, hold on. I was able to flip and say, no, that's not right. He got an A here. This is his level that he's on or whatever. I was able to imitate and say exactly what they're telling me. I can confirm because I had the power to look in my information. So I wanted to teach that to my son. You have to be able to advocate for yourself. I'm not always going to be there. Yeah. So I always say we're not raising children. We're raising somebody's future husband and future wife. And we're not always going to be there, especially with my son having special needs. I needed him to advocate for himself. And that was something that I, you can't teach that in public school, you know, put it into your homeschool curriculum. Oh, that's so wise because, you know, with one of the foundational rocks of homeschool CEO is we teach from the be, do, have model, which is backwards of traditional schooling because they teach from the have, what skills do you have so that you can do this task so you can be a good student. We care more at homeschool CEO. My people hear me preach all the time. I know it's opposite of, you know, it's so contrary to traditional schooling, but I'm like, I care more about who your kid is. Like, who are they being? And as entrepreneurs, we understand that because we know the battle is won and lost in our minds. It's our mindset. It's who are we? And when we focus on who we are, we then give our children the tools that they need then to do what they need to do and have the skills, right? So you really, that's right. You were able to capture that so early on, which honestly, you know, I'm 16 years into this. So that blows my (laughs) mind. Yeah. (laughs) So what do you think it was that caused you to pivot so quickly to be able to say, this is not it. We're going to go a different route. I think so. Just to go back a little bit, I struggle with ADHD and anxiety. I didn't realize that I had undiagnosed ADHD until my early 30s when my son, we were doing the assessment for him and I was checking off the boxes and I'm like, wait a minute, this was me. I'm from Trinidad and Tobago. So having ADHD is not something that was diagnosed back then. What was happening, if your kid was falling behind, they felt behind. And then in the school system, there was an A class, a B class, a C class, and a D class. That's not even the worst part. The worst part within the A class, you are ranked from number one student to number, how much of students are in the the class, that could be your rank. So trying to move up to number one was the goal. So everything was a rat race ever since I was little. Looking back, I think my childhood and wishing that homeschooling was an option for me because I struggled really hard, hard in high school. I learned the Pomodoro method. I didn't even know what that was, but that's what I was. I was coping. I was memorizing. I was making honor roll, but it was to get that A. Now you ask me anything from high school right. or even when that test was done, don't ask me anything because I have no idea what I memorized. I memorized for the test to get the A so you can make honor roll, but that information is gone because I'm off learning the next thing. And right. that is not what we need to be doing. Yep. We don't need to teach our kids how to be on that rat wheel Because when it's time for them to make that decision, they're looking to you like, what do I do? No, no, no. You have the tools. You have the skills. What do you think you should do? 
you know, and if it's the wrong, if it's not something that you would make, don't harp on them to say, you, oh, you did that wrong. Is that okay? If you want to drive five miles out the way when you can just go around this corner, okay. I know it might be hard as moms to say, <laughs> no, it's right around the corner. But sometimes they got to go the long way to figure out the shortcut, right? <laughs> They do. They do. And the other thing that reminds me, you know, raising, you know, our older three are all now adults. We only have one left at home who's almost 16 and taking your hand a little bit off of that wheel when they hit, especially those teenage years and realizing that your child is not the mirror reflection of you as a person or you as a parent, they're their own person and they make their own choices. And sometimes the greatest gift we can give them is to make some of those own choices even yeah. in their education. And even when it's contrary to what we would choose, that's really tough. So you had undiagnosed ADHD, right? So as an adult then, how did that impact your homeschooling and your life? Is that what led into, I'm assuming that's kind of what led into your business, correct? Oh yeah. That's just all these little stamps. I think all these little heart things yeah. that builds on it. You know, when it comes to um, homeschooling our son, we let him choose his curriculum. We do Masterbook. So with the kids, I don't like math. I don't like English. I don't like reading. But we want to make sure those are the pillars so we get Masterbook. That's the curriculum we go through for those three subjects. Everything else is open. So my son has a YouTube channel. He wants to do video editing. He wants to, he makes, he mashes up these videos and pictures and it's beautiful. I can't teach him that. So I said, if this is something that you want right. to learn, then we go that route. We teach you entrepreneurship. If you decide, you know what? I don't want to be an entrepreneur. I want to be an employee. You get to make that choice. I was never given that choice. I was told, go to school, right. get a good education, and you'll be successful. So college was the, the next right thing. I went into the military to get the money for the college. So it was all mapped out. But looking back, I don't want my kid to say, this is what you need to be successful because success is what you make it. Success is not a million dollars in the bank or being high powered attorney. That's just not what success is. I think we all have to have those things. I remember when I was working for the federal government and chasing the GS scale, you would hear about doctors that would close their practice and move to a third world country and work in a bar. You're like, that person went crazy. Now I'm like, oh my gosh, that person is so happy. It is so crazy. Success is what you make it. It's not, oh, well, if you homeschool your kids and you're setting them up for failure. No, you do your way. We do our way. There's no right or wrong way to teach our kids. There really isn't. Uh, You're right. I agree with you 100%. And I agree with what you said when I was younger because I followed that same path. You know, I was a straight A student. And so my parents, even to this day, my parents are, we struggle a little bit, not so much now, but. I was accepted to go to graduate school to get my PhD in psychology and ended up pregnant with our bonus baby, our youngest. Total surprise. And so I know I've told the, po- the story on the podcast before, but then because of this crazy turn of events with um, two of our kids as teachers, the oldest one and the youngest one at the time, who's now number three in the lineup, but recommended homeschooling. And then when I got pregnant, I'm like, well, I guess we're going to homeschool. And my dad sat me down and said, I wish you wouldn't waste your education and your life homeschooling oh your goodness. kids. 
And so I was, I mean, I was just devastated because I was daddy's little girl. I mean, even as an adult, I was devastated, but I learned what you just said. Success is what we make it. And now 16 years later, he looks back at our kids and he's like, I'm so glad that you were so strong-willed. And you said, I don't give a crap what anybody says. This is because I didn't know anybody who homeschooled. It was me, myself, and I. But you know what? I think that when it comes to things in life, and I went into homeschooling saying, you know what? We're going to homeschool for a year. If we fall on our faces and bomb, go to public school. It's not like it's a death sentence. You know what I mean? If you fail then go back to doing what you were doing. I mean, you may be miserable, but at least you can say, I tried it and it didn't work. You know, so, yeah. yeah. Exactly. But that's awesome. (laughs) I want to highlight again what you just said, because I know right now we've got moms that because they're facing distance learning with the traditional school system or homeschooling. And they're like, you know what? Screw it. We're going to try it one year. And I told them the same thing. I'm like, worst case scenario, it doesn't work out. You send them back next year. Lots of kids are going to be in the same boat. Not a big deal, but you might just discover you love it. (laughs) So yeah, you know, like I tell my entrepreneurs, my clients, when you combine homeschooling with entrepreneurship, you experience freedom and flexibility for the entire family. That is so in line with entrepreneurship. I love that, you know, in my business. I do in-person decluttering. Right now, we're not able to do as much. We started to open back up a little bit. So I work with my in-person clients. I do one session per week. Before, it was three sessions per week because I said, if we got sick or whatever, I'm not taking my sickness to the next client. So we'll have about five, six days in between to know if, okay, if I'm not feeling too well, you know? So, but the thing is, because of COVID, I had to move my business online. At the end of 2020 was my goal to start my membership. And the end of March, I was like, oh my gosh, I have to cancel my five clients for the month of um, April. I need to do something. So I was able to fast track my business to move online. And now I am like, I don't think I will ever go back to just in-person decluttering because what I can say, we are homeschooling from Hawaii this month or this week or whatever. If you want me, we can do virtual decluttering. You're in my membership because you really have that freedom. And why do you want a vacation when the rest of the world is vacationing on summer break? We will go the week after summer break. (laughs) I want the beach to myself. (laughs) We did too. Yes. And you know, and it was just a perk that we got to save money too. But really what it was, was I wanted the space. (laughs) Yeah. I did not want to stand in line at Disney World for three hours because if I would, and it was horrible weather. Like it was bad. It was hot when everybody else went and we could go the next week when everybody else was back in school. And we're like, yes. Yes. See, because we are smart. No, you know what? I don't want to say that because then that makes it sound like I'm saying other people aren't, but that's wisdom to create a lifestyle that is full of freedom and flexibility. And when you allow your kids to be homeschooled, that just is like icing on the cake because then the whole family gets to experience it. Oh, okay. So let's talk about decluttering specifically as it pertains to homeschool CEOs, because Our moms, I know because I struggle with this too. We have a lot of papers from business to homeschool. So walk us through like what we can do for that. So just looking on Facebook right before school started, I saw the pretty desk, the homeschool rooms that's beautified. Like you would think it was a classroom in school. For me, my first thing is if you are saying, 
I went overboard and I think I need to scale back. Here's some of the steps that I would say. Kids, my kids, maybe it may not be for everybody's kids. My kids will not sit at a desk for 90 minutes trying to do homeschooling. They would go from the couch to the back porch, driving in the car. Sometimes we're cuddling up in the bed, reading a book or doing math. Sometimes math is happening in the kitchen while we're cooking a meal. So if you're saying, why aren't my kids sitting at the desk doing it? They don't want to. It is okay not to make it look like, oh no, you need to keep the same structure that you have in school. Change it up. The kids are probably going to retain more information because they're not trying to sit and fidget in their chairs. Now, as for parents, maybe you may say, oh, I have all these curriculums from last year. I'm not going to use them for this year. What do I do? Look at them and decide, do you need to keep them for your younger kids? If you're a younger kid, there's no more kids after that. Say, you know what? I'm going to free cycle these. Or maybe if it's worth good money, maybe you've never even used it, which I'm pretty sure there are books out there that you never even cracked open. Sell it. Do put it on a, a resale site and try to get some money back to help with the next curriculum. If you decide that, you know what, I can't sell any of them, give it away. It is okay to say, hey, we have extra curriculums. I know there are moms out there who are thinking about homeschooling. Here are some books to just give it a try. I think people may not want to jump in because they think it's a huge investment. Maybe they have seen a homeschool friend go crazy and think, oh my gosh, this is overwhelming. Give them a little bit to sample, you know, sit down with other moms, get those people into your wheelhouse and, you know, have that communication with them and pass those books off to them. If you have a kid with special needs, have an IEP binder or have binders for your kids and get those papers in there. A great way to declutter papers, if you know your kid is like your um, your son, Jen, is 16, do you really need to keep the kindergarten stuff where he wrote his name for the first time or he drew his first line? Do we really need to keep that piece of paper? If you're not attached to it, <laughs> let it go. Start purging from kindergarten and start dwindling down. I'm not saying get rid of everything, but as you every year, maybe do a pass and say, okay, I can let this go. And then before you know it, you have like a small capsule of each grade that you can have. But don't go too crazy where you're buying desks and lamps and boards and all those things and curriculum because the kids really aren't going to use that. And if you knew that, you know, you went a little overboard, don't beat yourself up. Let's just start where we are now right. and just move forward and really realize if your kids are visual learners or are they book learners? Because if they're visual learners, don't go get the textbooks and all those things because it's just going to be painful. Make the, make the experience of homeschooling fun and realize how your kid learns. The kids are going to be more um, excited if they know how they learn. Yes. I, I agree a hundred percent right now, you know, because we are just starting back to the, like the traditional school year, a lot yes. of our new homeschool moms are like, what do I buy? And that's where they want to start. I think part of that is it gives them a sense of control, you know, like that feeling of, okay, I feel a little overwhelmed. And at least if I can have a beautiful space that, you know, I can feel good about what I'm doing. But what you said is what I found to be over 16 years homeschooling for yeah. different kids with all different learning styles is that they don't ever stay in one place. You know, they yeah. were created to move. We all were, we were, none of us were created to sit at a desk, you know, eight hours a day. I don't care whether you're five right. or you're 25 or 45, Absolutely. right? I mean, we all need to get up and move and get fresh air and do things. 
So yeah, I'm telling my moms the same thing. Like, let's just scale back there. You don't need as whatever you think you need. One third. Yeah. (laughs) Find those important (laughs) subjects. Maybe you're a a bilingual family and you say, you know what? I want to learn Spanish or French or whatever. Maybe you want to learn a foreign language. Have it in the curriculum. Maybe you don't like math or English or reading and you, you, maybe you don't feel competent to teach those, then get a textbook to, to work your way through those. Um, that's what we're doing. And then teach your kids life skills. I find that teaching your kids life skills is just as important as math and English and reading. So build those things in. For us with history, we decided this year that we're going to do our genealogy. So we have an ancestry.com account. We just found out that my, my husband's, um, both of his grandfathers served in World War II. Our last name Xanders is German. You know, all those things. And the kids, they may not want to watch a video on World War II, but we can talk about it from, oh, you know, granddad, you know, he served and he served in Germany and, you know, he did this. And then if they're interested, then you can put in some more facts about World War II in there. So that's how we got our history this year. I'm from Trinidad and Tobago. So next semester, we'll be learning about Trinidad and Tobago. And then also Arizona, being so new to Arizona, we went to the Grand Canyon. We talked about it, you know, so make homeschooling fun. It doesn't have to be, oh, I need to keep a transcript and all those things. That's more for like high school years. But right, if your kid is five, you can just make a little journal note on what you learned that day and keep it simpler than simple. I don't even know if that makes sense, but keep it really simple. It takes the pressure off of us, I think, of trying to make sure that we're not going to fail as being a homeschool parent, because people are already judging us. So we want to make sure that, you know, we do right. But I think we're overcomplicating it. I agree. I mean, you hear me in the homeschool CEO community. I preach that all the time. I give our moms permission to throw out all those stereotypes, because especially as we're running businesses, we do not belong trying to compete with you know, Susie Homemaker, who that is the only thing is to get up at 5 a.m. and bake bread for their family. And not that I'm knocking (laughs) them. If you're listening to that and that is you, we love you too. Some of my, you do you. And some of my friends do that. And I love them just the same, but they are not running successful businesses. They are not scaling businesses. Their entire identity, which there's nothing wrong with this. If you're around homeschool CEO very long, you always know that I value all different people. And they do, I value their choices. I don't put my choice above anybody else's or vice versa. But in our tribe, we're running businesses. And therefore, we are not doing some of these other things. Or if we're trying to, we're overwhelmed and we're tired and we're burned out. Oh, yeah. That superwoman mindset. I burnt myself out, I think, trying to do that. And I now I'm like, nope, I have a cleaner, you know. Yep. My husband does the grocery shopping. I do too. We do meal planning and cooking as a family. I am not trying to do it all myself. I used to wear it as a badge of honor. The more tired I was, the more successful I felt in home and in business. (laughs) (laughs) And you know, going back to our home, as well as homeschooling, don't look at what your friend is doing in homeschool. Don't look at their home and say, your house is immaculate. How are you running a business? Your home is immaculate and you're homeschooling because then you feel like a failure when your kids are running around, there's papers everywhere, the house is a mess. Don't compare the two homes. I love that um, the song, um, This Is Me from The Greatest Showman. When I'm getting ready to speak yes. or go to work with a client, <gasps> I have that mute, that song up because I move to the beat of my own drum and I tell my kids the same. Yep. Do you. 
don't worry because if so you're powerful. waiting for people to say, good job, wow, that's really, really great, then you're always chasing that next compliment. Do you. Do you, honestly. Oh, that was a million dollar statement. <laughs> yes. Seriously, that's yes. going to be the quote for the show. Because it's so important. And I, I love that song too, ironically enough. Probably because we aren't marched to the same beat. <laughs> you know, it's kind of like I was in a personality class the other day with a bunch of other new homeschool CEOs. And we were doing how like our personality and how we adapt to teach children who are different personalities. And we were all like, are you a D? I'm a D. I'm a D too. I'm a D. Like we were all raising our hands. I'm your like, people. Oh, yeah, we're your people. I'm like, that's why y'all are my tribe, you yeah. know? <laughs> but the thing is, we have to let go of those expectations because what you said was so wise and insightful if we are always looking and we're teaching our children to look for that pat on the back and that star and that sticker of approval we're always chasing something else versus just connecting with ourselves and being us and our children are so special the way that they are and who they were created to be they don't need to fit into anybody else's mold we don't need to fit into anybody else's mold And I believe as homeschool CEOs, that starts at the top. Us setting that example that, you know what, we don't have to chase somebody else's idea of success or what a homeschool mom should look like or what a business mom should look like or anything. We can blend the two of them and we can do us. If it's important to you, you're going to find a way. If not, you're going to find that excuse. And you may say, well, I have to work or, you know, I want to homeschool the kids, but find a way. If it's important, make that that big rock. And then try to put everything else into it. When we right before I left the federal government, my husband and I were doing um, Dave Ramsey Financial Peace University, yeah. and we were on a mission because we felt that as long as we had debt, we always had to work. So if we had debt, I think it would have been very hard for us to say, "Yeah, let's homeschool. Yeah, let me start this business." You know. But once that was done. It gave me the freedom to, to walk away from this almost six-figure income and say, you know what? This is not making me happy. Working my decluttering business makes me happy. So I think when you have that freedom, that empowers you to do the things that you really want to do. And we, I want to give that kid that skill to my kids as well. Yes. Yeah. Because, you know, something that we say a lot too is we are raising the next generation of entrepreneurs that will change the world because we're taking all yes. those limits off. We're not saying chase the dollar. Guess what? The dollar will find you when you're doing what you are in alignment to do. (laughs) I love that. And I think about, you know, our generation was really raised with traditional schooling as this idol of the higher your education and the more titles behind your name. And if you're listening and I know we have homeschool CEOs with titles, we love you too. But that title is should not be what defines us because not all of us follow that route of success. And when we raise children to say, you can attain success at 14, 15, 16 years old, you don't have to wait until you're 26 with a PhD. And broke because you have all this debt now. And broke. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the sooner we can get them off that rat, out of the rat race, off the hamster wheel and following their own passion and their, who they were created to be. I think that's so powerful because they're not bound by limits and expectations. And they're the one that's going to shake up this next generation in this world and say, nope, we can change it. No big deal. We find a solution because that's what entrepreneurs do. Because some of us, we're still getting off of that rat wheel, right? And we still have that, oh, am I doing the right thing? You know, but the next, our kids, the next generation, 
they don't even have that thing to play with. They already know what they're going to do. I would rather my son learn a trade, whether it's video editing. I remember we were at the Apple store last year and we had the guy teaching how to make your own emoji or something like that. I was like, oh, this is, this is homeschool, <laughs> you know? And we had the guy all to ourselves for about 90 minutes. And I asked him, I said, what is the um, criteria to work for Apple? And he was like, as long as you know what you're doing, we don't need a college degree. And my son's eyes lit up because he created his own emoji. He created his own video game with the app that they have there. He probably felt that I need to have a college degree. I have ADHD. I struggle academically. But you give this guy something tech, education, it just, it does no limit on that. Yes, he's third grade education. But when it comes to tech, this guy's a genius. You know what I mean? So academically, you can say, oh, well, this is where he is. But that's not what we're trying to be. We're not trying to be the A student, the B student. He has a skill. Let the guy run. Let him run. He got this. Oh, your son is so blessed to have you behind him. Like, really, he is. And I don't say that to every person that I meet. That's such a treasure for you and your husband to be able to support him and to be in that and to say, it's okay. You know, my youngest, uh, we talk about him a lot on the podcast. He's dyslexic and he didn't learn to read at all until he was 10. And it was a struggle. And I remember like crying on the couch and saying, there's something different about this kid, first of all. And secondly, had he been my first, I probably would have right. quit homeschooling, but because he was number four in the line, you know, God in all yeah. his sovereignty knew that I needed enough experience to know, okay, I yeah. do all the different yeah. tools in the box and we figured it out. But I learned with him is that he really learned, he played Minecraft and he wanted to communicate with the other people. And that was the motivation he really needed to figure out yeah. how to do it. And but I learned like so often we're pushing and pushing and pushing as parents. And if we just get out of the way, right. The, <laughs> the right motivation will motivate that child. And if that motivation doesn't come along, they'll learn something else. Yes. Yes. Move out the way. <laughs> yeah. Get out of the way. Like, you know, the kids always laugh because, you know, we did a Becca ironically enough at the very beginning too. And we lasted almost a year of tears and it was a nightmare yeah. and I got burned out. Um, yeah. We talk about, on one of the podcast episodes, I went through a six month sabbatical, totally burned out, didn't do anything, just couldn't completely overwhelmed, wiped out emotionally, physically, all of it. But I think it's, I was just doing too many things, you know, and I was just trying, I was trying to live up to that stereotype. And when I let go of that, then the magic happened. I am so thankful that you are on the podcast today, Wendy, you have been such a blessing Tell our audience where they can connect with you and learn more about declutter or decluttering their homes and their homeschools and their businesses and their whole lives. Yes. So I am at wendyzanders.com. It's Z as in zebra, A-N-D-E-R-S. You will find me, um, you'll find all of my other channels on that website. One thing when it comes to um, whether it's decluttering in your home, decluttering your finances, I have a blueprint where there's 10 different areas of our lives that you're able to do that within our membership. If you want um, virtual decluttering, maybe you're saying, hey, how can I make life skills part of my curriculum? I would love to help you with that because I think that if we empower our kids to declutter and organize, they have these skills that they can go on and do these things into adulthood. So that's pretty much how they can find me. I also do free 20-minute consultations and you can go on the website as well and, um, and book your 20-minute session with me. 
And I would love to work with your community. And thank you so much for having me. I had so much fun. You know, when I start interviews, I generally have some idea of what we're going to talk about, but I try to kind of go with the flow because I've discovered when we follow a script in life, sometimes we miss out on the biggest blessings. And today's conversation with Wendy reminded me of just that. You know, sometimes when we just let things happen, when we learn to choose simple and fun over this complicated mess, when we let go of those stereotypes and that script that we tell ourselves of what things are supposed to look like, that's when the magic really happens. If you enjoyed meeting Wendy today as much as I enjoyed interviewing her, reach out to her today on all the social media links and be sure to take a screenshot of this episode and share it with somebody that you think would benefit from a little less clutter and chaos and more peace and calm in their lives. And I know I say it all the time, but I really do love our homeschool CEO community. And it's because people just like Wendy and just like you are part of our amazing online community. And so if you haven't already, please be sure to connect with me over there. I'll see you on the inside. Hey friend, I just want to say thank you so much for tuning in today. If you loved what you heard, please be sure to head over to Apple Podcasts and leave a review. I really appreciate it. And for more information on connecting with other homeschool CEOs just like you, be sure to check out our website at www.homeschoolceo.com. And as always, Team Homeschool CEO, you ladies inspire me. Thank you for always showing others what is possible. You guys are awesome. See you next week.